69 offense. He was giving them the business. I like Pittsburgh, I always have. If, if they had a bigger airport, I'd live here. <laughs> so I told our players, I tried to let it out the front door. Cat's still going crazy in there. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of the Backyard Football Podcast. I'm Nick Hosshalter. And I'm Nathan Grella. And we have another full episode for you guys, and we'll have another one coming out tomorrow, depending on when you hear this. Yeah. If if you're not listening to this literally right after we post it, it's probably already out. And we talk, we're going to be talking about some interesting stuff on that one as well, including this one. But that one, we're going to be talking about the season, kind of reviewing what's been happening in both of the major conferences that we've been talking about, the Interstate and the Tri-County South, um, and then talking about each team and where they stand and where they're most likely to finish at the end of the season. So that is an exciting episode if you want to hear about your team. This episode, we'll be talking about two games specifically, doing picks against the spread and all that. Um, we'll be recapping the Washington-California game we went to Friday and talking about that in depth just uh, a lot of fun on this one so yeah hopefully you'll stick by us for it (laughs) and in case you don't know already uh the game of the week next week is mcguffey at southmoreland we will not be at that game we will be at a potentially more interesting game yeah we will be out of town um in virginia watching college football but um we will be back in action next week so um, for California West Green, I believe. A game That's, to get excited uh, about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, basically the game of the Tri-County South, really. Um, but, yeah, let's just jump right into this episode. And this week, we'll talk about McGuffey Southmoreland in depth. Um, obviously, we're not going to Southmoreland, so um, sorry for any Southmoreland fans or McGuffey fans, but I'm sure we'll definitely get the opportunity to cover McGuffey, especially later in the year as they have some big matchups coming up. Oh, yeah. Yes, but, um, Cal, let's start with Carmichael's at Charleroi. Um, Car- Charleroi was 23-point favorites, and I kind of put that there because I thought Carmichael's might be a little bit upset about getting kind of destroyed by Southmoreland last week, and they got destroyed by Charleroi this week. It was 57-7 to final. Uh, we both picked the over on the Cougars, and we were both right. Yeah, I think this is maybe a little more disappointing than last week for Carmichael's. I don't know how you feel about that, but I mean it's a tough road environment, obviously. It is, yeah. So, I but mean, I think Southmoreland is maybe more of a team that you were expecting to be dominant coming into this year. I mean, Charleroi is a little bit of a surprise. I mean, Charleroi finished second in the conference last year, so don't get me wrong, but yeah, they're definitely one of those top four teams with Southmoreland and McGuffey and Washington. We've been kind of neglecting them all year because they haven't really played any of the teams close to us. But in these next five weeks, Charleroi is going to have some big matchups against teams like McGuffey, and um, they they already lost to Washington. But um, that's not that surprising. Yeah, but they 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 could compete for second in the conference. Obviously, they're undefeated right now in conference. I think believe they're two and zero. So um, the Cougars really look strong right now. Yeah, and that's something that we've seen all year, and I think we'll continue to see. They're definitely one of those teams that, if they're ever matched up against someone decent, we're probably going to be there. All right. Uh, next, we have two teams that are not 
on the level of Charleroi. Definitely not. Jefferson Morgan visited Avella. Um, this is kind of the finale of Jefferson Morgan, Avella, and Mapletown. Um, three of the worst teams that we cover all playing each other. And it ends with Jefferson Morgan taking it to Avella, beating them 44-7. to We had a 31-point spread. Both Nathan and I picked under because it's hard to pick for these teams. But Jefferson Morgan comes out swinging, scores. Is try- I guess they're trying to score enough points to make up for their lack of points in the first two games. Exactly. Yeah. But Jefferson Morgan's really been firing on all cylinders. And it's not that surprising they crushed Avella, considering what they did to Mapletown and considering what Mapletown did to Avella. But yeah, the they're just three not. I, I mean Jefferson Morgan is two and one in conference right now, um, but obviously those comes again that that those two wins come against Avella and Mapletown. So which yeah, yeah. and Jefferson Morgan will I believe has still has Benworth on the schedule at the end of the year. So. Um, they could end up with three wins and go three and four in the conference, and that would be really impressive if you're Jefferson Morgan for a team that went two and eight total last year. So yeah, a lot of improvement sure. from the Rockets this season, um, but against some weaker opponents. All right. Uh, speaking of Bentworth, uh, Bentworth visited Mapletown. Mapletown were thirteen point favorites. Um, I picked the under. Nathan picked the over. Neither of us were correct. Bentworth pulls out with the win. Uh, takes a 47-42 to 42 victory over Mapletown. And I guess one thing I'm surprised about is how many points were scored in this game. Yeah, the first real shootout of the year, I believe. Um, Benworth pulls one out on the road. Um, I mean, Mapletown is a, is a sort of a tough team at home, depending on who you are and when you play them. Uh, Benworth is a team that was really, really struggling this year, so this win could give them a lot of confidence, I think especially against teams like Jefferson Morgan. I think they still have to play Avella. So the Bearcats could end up with three wins, possibly. Um, I wouldn't put my hat on it. I think Jefferson Morgan probably pulls out against them. But like, yeah. it's still it's still pretty early on for the Bearcats. As far as they're, they're still pretty young, despite having, you know, Trent Kavanaugh and Diziak. But um, uh, Bearcats, I think, are not that horrible i mean they're not as bad as mapletown because they just beat them and they're definitely not as bad as Avella. so that's two wins and that's something positive to look at for this season yeah um benworth gets a much needed win and i think we said last week that this was kind of a desperate win for both teams because they're not going to get a lot of chances to play teams that are not performing very highly just like they are um a team that is still performing highly is West Green. Uh, they were 24-point favorites at Manesson. So... <laughs> yeah, 25-point is the final, I guess. 49-24, to 24, 25 is the 25 difference. 25-point win. Yeah. So, then it was tied at halftime, I believe. So, I mean, Manesson, don't underestimate the Greyhounds at home. I think we've learned that in the past, um, and we're learning it again this year. Obviously, West Green comes out and uh, takes the win, but um, it's still a very good showing for Manesson after um, kind of struggling against Jefferson Morgan a little bit um, and well, a couple other losses on the schedule. Manesson is a 1-4 right now, which is not good for them, but obviously they played some really, really good teams like West Green. So uh, I think Manesson still turns it around in the second half and takes it 
and brings it back and like and maybe finishes second or third. But I don't think they get much farther than that right now, just based on the record. And I think if it was tied at halftime, that should definitely be something that Manessa is proud of. The fact that they could contain Ben Jackson enough to and still score enough points to be competitive, at least for half, is very impressive. Yeah. So, all right. Um, next, we have Beth Center at McGuffey. McGuffey coming out as 41-point favorites. I picked the under. Nathan picked the over. I ended up getting that correct. They come out with a 14-46 to beat down over Beth Center. Not quite 41 points, but still a lot of points scored. Yeah, every week we're going to talk about Beth Center, and we're just going to talk about how tough their games are. And they got another tough one this week. Um, they basically have tough games all the way until the last week of the year. Um, and it's going to be tough for them. Again, when you don't pull out games against Brownsville, when you don't pull out games against Carmichael's, you're going to only have one win this uh, in conference because those are the teams that you have to compete with and beat uh, because you're not going to compete with teams like McGuffey, and they didn't do that. And just looking at the rest of Beth Center's schedule, um, next week they are at Charleroi. They play Eastern Allegheny at home. Then they travel to Washington. Um, they play Amani Christian at home. And then they finish off the year at Frazier. And um, we'll get into them a little more in, in during the next episode. If you're a, a Beth Center fan, make sure to tune in. So um, Next up we have Brownsville at Southmoreland. Brownsville coming off of a confusing complicated game against Washington um Southmoreland came out as 10 point favorites which ended up being very inaccurate um well it was accurate for the first half it was 21-21 at the end of two quarters so I mean Brownsville kept it close for a lot of the game and then um a long touchdown pass from Southmoreland and then it just takes the wind out of their sails and uh that's how it ended so I mean, Southmoreland is still a really good team. They got really good receivers and a good quarterback. Their line's still not up to where teams like Charlotte Ray and Washington Washington's are, and that might separate them from the top tier of teams in this conference. But um, I think it will separate you from Brownsville, who we have seen to have not a great secondary at all. Uh, and that kind of was the difference between the Scotties and the Falcons. Yeah. So, final score ended up being 62-21 in favor of Southmoreland. A pretty devastating loss. If Brownsville could just combine the complete first half they played against Brown- against Southmoreland and the complete first half they had against Washington, they could have won a game. But, unfortunately, it's not how football is played. Next up is Frazier at Brentwood. Frazier was, or excuse me, Brentwood was seven-point favorites. Um, they end up shutting out Frazier and winning 34-0. I picked the over. Nathan picks the under. Oh, by the way, I also picked Brownsville to win that last game. So if you think Nathan made a dumb pick, my last one was even worse. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would... Yeah. The under on seven points is kind of a... That's a tough one to get. Especially in high yeah, school. Especially in high school. But... This was a game that was under seven points last year, I believe, um, and Frazier was able to pull out a close on low-scoring win, but Frazier's defense is just really struggling right now. They don't have a lot of good playmakers on either side of the ball. 
and Brentwood just took advantage. Brentwood is a much better team than they were last year, and Fraser is a much, much worse team than they were last year. So that ended up being the difference, and it ended 34 nothing. Although I will say that 34 isn't a ridiculous amount of points to give up in a high school football game. Yeah, the zero is probably the bigger deal. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you got... And all it like you have a good quarterback and you have a good receiving core. It's just you can't block for, you can't block for him. You can't give enough time, and they they don't really have a rushing attack either. So, it's it's really tough for the Commodores to pull out victories right now. Moving on, we got Waynesburg Central. All right, so uh, South Park travels to Waynesburg Central. South Park was twenty point favorites. I picked the over. Nathan correctly picked the under. Uh, South Park ends up winning 22-9. to Not a lot to talk about from this game. I think everybody knew South Park was going to pull out the win. It was a little bit closer than they probably would have thought, would have liked. But, again, Waynesburg Central is just playing a really tough schedule. I don't. They're not as talented as the teams they're playing, so um, it's really not a surprise that they're losing these games. Although, again, 22 points is an admirable amount on defense. If you can't score more than 22 points, that's unless you're just unless both teams are just running the ball and running the clock and that's probably what happened. I mean, yes, but I think even for teams that do that, you'd expect to see more points. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Now we have <laughs> Greensburg Salem who were 10-point favorites at Laurel Highlands. I picked the under that was very wrong. It, the final score was 47-27, a 20-point win for Laurel Highlands, or excuse me, for Greensburg-Salem. Nathan got this one right. Would you like to talk a little bit about this game? I mean, Greensburg-Salem is a better team, obviously, but I, I'd be if I were Laurel Highlands, I would be very proud for scoring 27 points against the Golden Lions yes, defense. Yes, for sure. Um, because you're not going to win that game. It, it was a close spread because it was a close game last year, but obviously Laurel Highlands lost a lot of talent from last year, so you really wanted them to just show us a little bit of improvement, especially like in the last three games they've scored like under 20 points. So you really wanted them to just show a little bit more on offense, and they showed it in this game. So it's a tough loss still. Uh, the defense still has a long way to go to um, stopping other teams. <laughs> But I, I like the improvement from the offense for Laurel Highlands. Hopefully they can take it in the next week. Yeah. Uh, and then another team in the same conference, we got Trinity at Tom, or at home against Thomas Jefferson. Uh, we were almost going to go to this game. Good thing we didn't. They lost it at, to the exact same score they lost to West Mifflin by, 40 to nothing. Um, Thomas Jefferson obviously is the is one of the class of Pittsburgh teams. You know they're one of the teams. When you think Pittsburgh football, you think of Thomas Jefferson as one of those teams. Obviously they're not in Pittsburgh, but like <laughs> you get Pittsburgh area. Um, but they were twenty one point favorites, and they got it was an easy over. Oh yeah, both of us picked the over. Trinity was outmatched. They were outmatched versus West Mifflin, and I think Thomas Jefferson is a better team than West Mifflin. So I guess in some ways you could say that it's good that they didn't give up more points based on the score for West Mifflin, but at the same time, you'd also like to see some some scoring because getting shut out by two teams in the same season, getting shut out in any game is usually pretty bad because usually it doesn't progress to that level in high school. Usually the backups come in and you're able to score a couple garbage time points, but that was not the case for Trinity. So... We'll definitely be looking for improvement for them next season. I think it's 
a team that probably thought that it would do a lot better this year than it has been. And yeah. it's been kind of disappointing and for you're, them. You're just completely restocking that entire defense right now anyway, so there's still a long way to go. I think the offense is fine if they get the penalties under control, they get turnovers under control, they find a quarterback to throw the ball. Because I like Drew Kane and Mike Finley as weapons. Um, their offensive line needs a lot of work still. But, I mean, they have some interesting weapons enough to make games interesting against lower-tier teams. So um, that's promising for the Hillers. All right, let's get into the game of last week. California at Washington. The spread was 23, and I think we had a bad beat on our hands for this one because um, I believe Washington scored like a last-second touchdown to make to yeah. go over the spread. So the spread was 23, and um, they ended up winning by 26, 46-20, um, which helped both of us out because we both picked the over against California. But either way, an admirable showing by California. I thought for most of this game, they were yeah, in it. Yeah, of course. Um, and <laughs> their team is about half the size of the Prexies team. So a really good showing by them. Uh, tough road environment, um, as always, for Washington. So um, California, man, they could be a real threat in the Tri-County South, the West Green right now. Yeah, I agree. And... Um... I think a lot of it has to do with the dynamic nature of Coach East Ryan. I saw a lot of improvement from when they played Beth Center. Yeah. Because Washington has a much more talented defense than Beth Center. I think that's growing more apparent every week that we cover this podcast. Um, and Coach East Ryan was really having his way on the ground. I mean, when once he got scrambling, there wasn't much that Washington could do. The only problem was, you know, he didn't necessarily have the pieces around him to get a consistent enough rushing attack with the running backs and the wide receivers yeah. were doing their best, but I mean, the Washington's offensive pass line, rush is yeah. just too good. The offensive line was just completely outmatched, I think. Um, for 1A football, their offensive line is fine, but against a team like Washington, who has three Division One, Division Two caliber players on their defensive line, and... Um, Martez Thomas, who is up there as far as quality, um, it's just not going to happen. You're not going to be able to create a run game. You're not going to be able to control the clock. And a guy like Coachise Ryan, who's not a prolific passer, I think he did pretty well with the weapons he had. Um, I think because Malik Ramsey wasn't playing this game yes, for some reason. That is, yeah, that is definitely one of the keys to this game because there were a lot of times where you could tell that Ryan was ready to air out the ball. You know, they took he took some shots downfield, and without a clear standout deep vertical threat that can go up and make a catch, yeah. um, that really affected their game plan a lot. Yeah. So they they really need that explosive ability, and that was missing against Washington, which is the team that you need it the most against because Washington's going to score a lot of points on you. You have to be able to make those big plays. You have to get a couple turnovers, and California was not able to do that. Yeah, and it's not to say that um, California doesn't have weapons because they have plenty of weapons on their offense. Uh, just listing off the names, Jaden Zusak played a really, really, really well good game. Same for Damani Stafford as far as getting out in the slot, getting out in um, screen passes and jet sweeps and all that. They're really effective in spreading out the Washington defense. 
Um, guys like Nathan O'Savage and Matt Trunzo, who both caught touchdowns, I believe, um, they were also pretty well, although they're not, they don't have the same height or extension that, um, Malik Ramsey has, and that kind of made a difference, but they were pretty, they played well, uh, against one of the tougher defenses in 2A, and that, that is admirable, I think. And that's a positive to come away with is that you got a guy, you got three guys basically that can catch the football beside Malik Ramsey that you can put your trust in, and I, and they're all juniors and sophomores right now. So, yeah, it was an interesting game. Um, California was never for a lot of the game they weren't completely out of it, but um, you could tell that they were just outmatched. They were making a valiant effort. They were scoring some points. But Washington was just too good. Like Nathan mentioned, their pass rush was incredible. And Coach East Ryan did a very good job of being able to throw on the run. You saw a lot of plays where he was getting flushed out of the pocket and making plays with his legs or getting in a position to where he was able to throw. So I think if you take a uh, typical pocket passer quarterback and stick him behind that offensive line in that game, they might have scored one or two touchdowns. And that... Might be an exaggeration because Coach East Ryan was really the only thing that was moving California. Yeah, well, I mean Stafford and Zusak also played pretty well. Like, but it, you're not gonna—they're pretty undersized against yeah. a, a tough line. Like Isaiah Edwards, it's just not a competition between Isaiah Edwards and a smaller running back, like an under two hundred pound running back, and um. <laughs> and he was able to make a lot of big stops and short passes for thir- on third downs and second downs, and that kind of made a little bit of a difference for the for the Praxis. But, I mean, their defense, their front eight are really important to them. I'd say their secondary, I would expect them to play a little better against other teams because their secondary kind of got spread out and was having to run around and chase guys that were faster than them. Um, so, But Washington's front eight played really well. Um, yeah. As far as Washington's offense goes, um, they had one pl- one game plan, and it was to spread out California between the lengths of the field, basically, um, and it worked because against a smaller team like California, you get you got a lot small, you got a lot less number of playmakers than Wash I does. Um, so you spread the field, you make them run around, and you you wear them out, and they did that and. One guy that did that a lot was Zach Swartz. Oh, yeah. Uh, This is something that we didn't really see too much against Brownsville, I don't think. Um, They really were hammering on the running back jet sweep, uh, throwing the ball up game against Brownsville. But you saw uh, Schwartz take a lot of rushes in this game. Um, He was really trying to play to the same level as Coach East Ryan. And he did a pretty darn good job behind a much better offensive line. Yeah. So he would get into space and do the same kind of stuff that Ryan did. He had a couple of long runs. Um, I mean, let, let me see if I can f- find anything here. We're talking, you know, 30, 40 yards. Yeah. Um, long runs by Zach Swartz. Um, I would really like to see more out of, like, the running backs. Obviously, Dylan Asbury is going to be out for an extended amount of time right now. Um, but against teams that are willing to stack the box against them, because 
I mean, when they play teams like McGuffey, who have team players that are more more or as athletic as they are, I mean, they don't have to they don't have to um, exert themselves too much to coverage. And when you stack the box against Wash High and make make them throw the ball, I think is that exposes Schwartz's arm, which I don't think is as strong as his legs are. So against teams that will be able to cover him and when he r- tries to run toward the sidelines, it's just going to create a lot of havoc on their offense. Yeah, you could see that Washington was really relying on getting the ball to their best playmakers, um, you know, getting the ball to Robinson and just letting him do his thing. You know, they're not going to th- they're not going to expect the quarterback to make the play on a deep throw. They're going to get to their wide receiver, they're going to get to their running back and see what they can do with running the ball. But like I said, um, Schwartz did a fine job running as well. I mean, I can see right here towards the beginning of one of the drives in the third quarter, he started off with a, a 58 or excuse me, a 28-yard rush through an incomplete pass, had a run up the middle, and then finishes off the drive with a 31-yard touchdown run along the edge. And certainly one of the notable things about that is that this is uh, breakaway speed we're talking about. I mean, he ran to the right hash and beat a man down the sideline. This wasn't just some blown coverage kind of thing. Yeah, and well, again, Washington's the faster team. Washington is the better team than California. I mean, I was I was surprised this wasn't more of a blowout, but California played really well on defense. Um, uh, Again, later in the game, when you play well on defense, but you're a smaller team, it's just gonna wear you out when they're run- when they keep running to the outside. Quarterback runs, it's just gonna wear you down, and and it did that. Um, but again, against teams that I mean, yeah, again, West Green like Ben Jackson is gonna not gonna be running toward the sideline and around. He's yeah. gonna be running through you. Yeah, and against teams like that, I think California is much better built to stop yes. that type of rush they were having a lot of success up the middle what was killing them is that one of the big things is washington's wide receivers were doing a really good job of blocking downfield definitely when you got when you got their when you got schwartz or any of their running backs on the outside you saw the wide receivers driving their men five or ten yards downfield and so many of the plays were because of that so i think that was a key to washington's offense you could tell that they were focusing on the outside run game on the other hand, California was insistent on trying to run the ball in the inside zone. Uh, they were not having all that much success, but it was something they tried to establish, which makes sense against a team like Washington. You want to try to control the possession as much as possible. You want to try to control the game clock, but they just couldn't do it with the matchup between their offensive line and Washington's defensive yeah, they, line. And, um, yeah. And they were just weren't able to extend drives because of the poor offensive line play. Um, it, it it wasn't really poor, but it's it's not as good as the other team's defensive line play, obviously. So, but on the other side of the ball, if we're looking ahead to West Green, I think West Green's defense will stack the box on every play, basically. Like, and it against a team like that, I think California has enough weapons to where they if they get a screen pass going or a jet sweep, they're, they're going to be able to outrun a team like West Green. So you could see the game in, in two weeks maybe becoming a shootout because both teams have really strong offenses, but strong offenses in different ways and offenses that expose 
each other's weaknesses, basically. It'll be a great game to watch, uh, contrasting styles. Yes. Speaking of contract, contrasting, the contrasting styles. Why do you have to say that? It's such a, such a tough word. But speaking of that, um, we got McGuffey and Southmoreland this weekend. We won't be covering this game. We won't be going to it, um, mostly because it's in Southmoreland, but also because we'll be out of town. And the Scotties are undefeated. The Highlanders are also undefeated. It's two five and O teams facing off against each other. Um, Southmoreland is two and no, they're four and O in conference. McGuffey's three and O in conference. Neither team has really played a tough conference team as of yet, and uh, South and McGuffey are eleven point favorites. Um, can the the real question I think is can the Scotties do enough on defense to hold back the Whipke brothers, Marshall Whipke and McKinley Whipke, um, hold them in the backfield, make Marshall Whipke have to trust his arm more. And can they do enough to stop them from scoring just a ton of points? I don't think McGuffey has scored less than 40 points all year in a game. Their offense is amazing. It might, it might be the best in the interstate, their offense is. Um, and Southmoreland is not really known for their defense. They're giving up, for a team that is 5-0, I think giving up 21 to Brownsville is kind of a thing that Absolutely. you shouldn't hang your hat on. Yes. Through the Scotties. So it's kind of a strength for McGuffey against the weakness for Southmoreland. So can the defense hold them back is the real question. Yeah, that's going to be key. And at the same time, you know, how dominant has McGuffey's defense been? I mean, it's not something that they're known for, but, it, it, you know, it's it's certainly a strength of theirs. I mean, you don't get to the level that they are at right now without a pretty solid defense you know, you have teams in the interstate that can score points. Um, I mean, their defense isn't a super hot. They gave up 20 points against Frazier. They give up 25 against Carmichael's. Against Clareton, they gave up 27. So they're, they're playing a lot of weaker opponents, but they're giving up 20-plus points. And against a team like Southmoreland... That's gonna that they're willing to air the ball out. That's not something you want to see if you're McGuffey's defense. So this game, I think, could um, go into over a hundred points, possibly, um, definitely over like seventy, I'd say, because I think Southmoreland's offense is much better than some of the offenses they're giving up twenty-five plus points to. Yeah, and that makes um, the spread all the more interesting. We have it set at eleven. And Nathan picked the under. I'm going to go with the over, even though I probably shouldn't. Um, I think if they do go over, it's going to be because of things like turnovers. It's going to be because of explosive plays. Um, If these two teams play a really clean game, uh, a really normal game, up to their perfect potential, I don't think it's going to be much more than 11 points. But... That's not how football works, so we'll see what happens. I think if it's a shootout, you're going to see this being under just because um, McGuffey, yeah, McGuffey hit in Southmoreland, both of their offenses are really dynamic. Both of them have really good pass threat. Uh, it's going to be high scoring because the more you're passing, the less the clock is running. Yep. So this could end up being a blowout for McGuffey just based on how their offense compares to Southmoreland's offense. But I think Southmoreland's offense has enough 
to where they're able to keep up just based on the play of McGuffey's defense so far this year. I mean, if McGuffey ends up giving up less than 20 points in this game, I think it would be really impressive for them. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it would be something... It would be a good step in the right direction, especially with the teams coming up on their schedule, like Charleroi and Wash High and all the all the teams that you don't want to see coming up. So uh, I think it's the under just based on Southmoreland's offense, and McGuffey is kind of on their heels right now on defense. All right, now we got let's move into our picks against the spread. Um, we got Jefferson Morgan against California. California returning home after a tough road trip. A road trip where they played the best team in 1A and um, one of the best teams in 2A, and they ended up going 0-2, but they return home against Jefferson Morgan. They're 31-point favorites. I think this is an easy over, especially after the last two weeks, just the way that California has um, played against really opponents that are much stronger than they are. The way they've um, performed is really exceptional, and... uh, and and they really like they played um, Benworth I think earlier in the year or maybe Avella and they just destroyed them by more than thirty one so I don't think this is close either. I'm ready to see Coach East Ryan absolutely run all over the place. Um, I do not think Jefferson Morgan has the talent on defense to do anything against him. Um, so the, the over is very comfortable for me. I think Coach East Ryan might have his best game yet. He looked really good last last week, and I think now that he's, if he looks that good um, against Washington's defense, and he really did, um, I can see right here he had a uh, 70, 70, or excuse me, 67 yard draw touchdown right up the middle, took the ball, pump faked, 67 yards. If he can do stuff like that against Washington, what is he going to do against a team like Jefferson Morgan who doesn't have that kind of speed whatsoever? Yeah. And Jefferson Morgan, although they give up, like, what, seven points or something to um, Avella, I don't think their defense is quite as strong as they think their offense is. So um, just it'll. I think California is just uh, it's going to be an outmatch for them. Uh, next up, we got East Allegheny at Carmichael's. East Allegheny are nine-point favorites. East Allegheny won this matchup last year. However, Carmichael's is coming off two blowout losses after coming in confident to open the season. Um, I think Carmichael's at home is a really tough draw. It was really tough for McGuffey at least late into the third quarter. So I am going to pull for Carmichael's on this one because going to Coach's Field is always a tough draw for any team, and I... Don't like East Allegheny. Although they are 3-1, I think Carmichael's is able to pull out this win. I'm going to go with the under on this one. Um, I like what you said about Carmichael's. It is a difficult environment. But I don't think Carmichael's is confident enough to pull out the win yet. Um, Even though they've had some impressive outings, at least like you said, against McGuffey into the third quarter. And other similar situations, I don't think they're there yet. So I'm going to go with the under, but I think Carmichael's will keep it close. All right. A team that will not keep it close is Mapletown at Chartiers Houston. This is a difficult one. We have it set at 37 points. It's definitely one of the higher spreads we've ever done. I'm not all that uncomfortable with taking the over for this. Uh, We've seen Mapletown 
struggle. Um, yeah, Mapletown is not good. And the Charters Houston was just as bad as Mapletown was last year. And something just clicked in the offseason for Charters Houston, and now they're scoring like... I mean, beside the West Green game, Charters Houston has been scoring points lately. And Mapletown has... They scored points against Bentworth, but just remember it was Bentworth. Uh, I think Chargers Houston is, has entered another level in that conference this year, and so I don't know what happened in the off season, but Chargers Houston became one of those middle of the road teams, and that's something that Jefferson Morgan has wanted to be for a while now, and they haven't yet. But Chargers Houston, their offense is just so explosive; they got a lot of weapons. And uh, I'm going to go with them with the over on a 37-point spread. So I might be regretting this one, but I, I think I like the Bucks over the Maples. And, and they're at home, too, so that also plays a part in it. All right. Uh, speaking of teams that are at that bottom of the Tri-County South, next up we have Avella at West Green. And I think this is going to be a bloodbath. This is only a 51-point spread because 51 is the highest spread you can make against a team. So, <laughs> I, uh, they're definitely scoring more than 51 against Savella, and it's it's going to be rough. This might be the most lopsided game we've covered so far. Yes. And there's a very good chance that it'll end as the most lopsided game that we've ever covered. Yeah. So, over is a sad thing to see for a 51-point spread. But West Green is as dominant as it gets on the inside. And we just saw Avella get blown out by Jefferson Morgan. And well, just imagine what West Green's going to do to Jefferson Morgan. So, <laughs> it's this that'll be an interesting game to see. Um, it would be the upset of the century. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah, this is, I think, pretty easy win. This, would, this is basically the, the definition of David versus Goliath in a game. Um, but... Ben Jackson is going to have over 200 yards in this game. It's going to be impressive. Um, Colin Walker, too. Like Both of them are going to get a lot of carries and a lot of touchdowns. and It's not going to be close. I was talking to a friend who's been in the area for a while, and he said that if he would be surprised if West Green didn't score over 100 points against them. And I was like, okay, I'm not that confident in West Green. I think they'll... They'll give them some mercy late, but first quarter, man, I wouldn't. I would expect 42, 35 points in the first quarter. So, and uh, I think you gotta gotta imagine that West Green's looking forward to California next week. They want to make sure that they're in top shape for that. So, are I you insinuating a trap screaming. game, Nick? No, I'm <laughs> not insinuating a trap game. I'm just saying that they want to get their stuff together and make sure that they're really playing well together this week. I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to score points late in the game. If they continue to drive the score up, just be out of, like I said, looking forward to next week. Yeah. Just want to make sure that they are as clean as possible because I think California is easily the most difficult game on their schedule for the rest of the year yeah. if you're looking at West Green. But we'll get more into that next episode. Um, after... West Green and Avella, we have Charleroi, who is at home versus Beth Center and enjoys a 43-point spread in their favor. Mm-mm. No, I'm going to go with the over on this one. Beth Center has been struggling lately. I, it's a 43-point spread, which is crazy, but um, Beth Center just... 
they're not pulling it together on offense right now, and their defense is struggling too. And it's at Charleroi, and Charleroi has been good. I mean, aside from two quarters against Wash High, they have been one of the best teams, if not the best team in the interstate. So the, I'm going to go with the over on this one. I think this one's difficult just because I keep expecting Beth Center to get better at some point. But I just can't go with them anymore. It, you know, it's I have to pick the over out of respect for Charleroi. Um, it's really ridiculous how far Beth Center has fallen after that game against California. Yeah. I think they were, they've been shick, shaken to their core. Uh, they got shook. They got shooken. Yeah. <laughs> it's 41 years in the making, and now they are firmly shooken. Yeah. So, both of us going with the over on that spread. Now let's move into the home dog of the week. We got Bentworth at home. They are 27-point dogs welcoming in the Greyhounds from Monessen. I got the over on this one. Bentworth is coming in confident, I guess, confident-ish after their win against Mapletown. But, man, Monessen, though, keeping it close with West Green, at least in the first half. Um, they West Green pulled ahead in the second, but I think Monessen will be able to play four full quarters against a weaker opponent in Bentworth, come away with the win, and win by more than 27. Maybe 28 would be a good line there. I'm going to go with the under here. Um, I like how Bentworth played last week. Um, this certainly isn't anything against Manesson. I think they're a very good team. 27 points is a large spread by anybody's standard. Um, so I think Bentworth is going to be able to keep it close. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think they're really going to be in the game. But that's a, 27 points is a lot. So yeah. un- under is reasonable, I think. But I could see it going over as well. This is a very... I think this is a difficult pick, for yeah. sure. All right, next up we got Brownsville at Jeanette. Um, tough draw for the Falcons. I'm going to go with the over, just based out of respect for the Jayhawks, because they are a championship contender just about every year. So this is not a tough pick for me. Yeah, and I was I just got off talking about how much 27 points is. 33 is even more, but um, Brownsville, you've seen them play really well in the first half. But they haven't shown me enough yet. I think the over is fair. Yeah, I think it's worth... I, if, if I were Brownsville, honestly, I'd pack it in this game and just look forward to conference play. Because this game, is if, if you go all out with your starters and any of them gets hurt, it's not going to be worth it for the Falcons because I think they're losing this game either way. So, um, Moving on to Frazier at Washington. And speaking of not playing starters, um, well, I think Washington will... Um, get the over on the Commodores, and the spread's 43, so goodness gracious. <laughs> and I, I don't think that's all that unreasonable. So you thought you thought the defensive line played well against California. Just look <laughs> out, Frazier. Man, Frazier's defensive and offensive lines are non-existent right now. And Man, I would be, if I were like a guard for the Frazier Commodores right now, I would be scared to death of... Big 77 and Big 55 coming at you and bulldozing you on every play because that's probably what's going to happen for the Commodores. I would be scared to fire their quarterback because he doesn't have any protection right now and he's going up against one of the toughest defensive lines in all of Pennsylvania football. So (laughs) this is a... 
I think 43 is just too long on this one, honestly, because is Frazier even going to get a yard? Like, is that's the question. Yeah, I, of course I have to take the over. You know, I'm, I'm in full agreement. Just seeing what they did to California last week, I mean, California is a very good team, and I don't think there was any point where Washington didn't feel in control of the game. Uh, California was able to get close, but I think Washington was confident throughout. So if they can do that to Washington, Frazier is certainly a worse team than Washington. Or, oh my goodness, California. Certainly a worse team than California. So we'll And be they're looking. certainly a worse team than Washington as well. Yes, <laughs> very true, very true. So we'll be looking out for a ton of points for Washington this week. Um, another big spread, we have Central Valley coming out as 30-point favorites playing Waynesburg Central at home. It's going to be it's going to be a win. It's just it's one of those spreads where it's just like how how much do they win by and um yeah, I I'll take the under because I took the under last week and Waynesburg Central did well for me, so I'll take the under on this one just based on that. Yeah, I think 30 points is a little much for me. Um Waynesburg has been shown themselves to be a competent football team. They've shown themselves to be a decent football team. Uh, they are frequently outmatched, but they are never entirely destroyed. So we'll, the under is, is just fine for me. Um, one game that I'm not going to take the under for is Laurel Highlands at West Mifflin. West Mifflin are 36-point favorites. I love the quarterback for West Mifflin. Give me that over. He can sling the ball better than pretty much anyone else <laughs> I've seen since coming here. So yeah, um, Laurel Highlands is a better team than Trinity, I think. Maybe I think they're pretty even uh, right now. West Midlands at home and it's thirty six, and they beat Trinity forty nothing. So I, it's a it's an easier over, but I think Laurel Highlands comes into this game with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder after scoring at least twenty seven points last week against a tough opponent in Greensburg Salem. So I think they'll get the under, but not by a lot. Maybe like thirty two or thirty or but not thirty six. Alright. And now we'll move into Trinity at Indiana. Um, this game was close last year. This spread is fourteen points for Indiana. And I got the under because I think this will be a little bit closer. Um, Indiana is not the greatest team in the world, and Trinity definitely is not either. So I think this will be a closer game for the Hillers. I I don't think. I'm going to go with the over. Um, I don't think they're going to win by more than three touchdowns. But I, I just, Trinity has been rough this year. And I know that Indiana is not good, but I think they probably have more confidence than Trinity. And sometimes that's all that matters. So. Yeah. All right. Well, that's been the show for today. We got two shows this week, so we got to get prepared for the next one. The next one is going to be bigger, better, better. Um, hopefully. It is going to be better. <laughs> yeah. So um, we'll be uh, talking about each one of the teams, uh, the rest of their schedules, the rankings, previewing the up. Previewing the rankings for the rest of the season, hopefully we'll write, but we're probably not going to be uh, seeing if there are any potential upsets on the slate. Um, that'll be coming out tomorrow if you're listening to this today. Right now, I am, or no, I have always been Nathan Grella, and you are Nick Hosshalter, but you can follow us at Nathan Grella, but at Nick75 on both Gmail and Twitter.
Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. <laughs> and also check us out on Facebook, the uh, Western, and check us out on the westernpafootball.net website. That's where a lot of people listen to this. We also post articles. You can get all kinds of information about Western Pennsylvania football. It's a great source for high, if you're into high school athletics. I would highly recommend checking that out if you're not already there listening to this. If you are, thanks for joining us. This has been the... Not the State College Football Podcast. It's not the State College Football Podcast. Where are you from? I'm from State College. Well, well... Don't be. <laughs> Close this out. <laughs> exactly. This is the Backyard Football Podcast. Uh, Nick can't get State College out of his head, apparently. And I'm Nathan Grilla, and this is State College. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Backyard Football Podcast. With Nathan Grella, Nick Househalter, and Brock Owens. The Backyard Football Podcast is a member of the Western PA Football Podcast Network. For more information, follow the podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast on Castbox and Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, and have a great day. Still here? It's over. Go home. Go.